Good evening. It's good to be with you. Uh, you need to forgive me. I'm a bit nervous tonight, as so many of you. <laughs> but uh, if you've got your Bibles, uh, grab them and open up at Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Let's just pray before we come to read God's Word, uh, hear from God. Heavenly Father, we come before you through your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray as we come to your word, Lord, we pray that you'd speak. Father, speak into our lives. And Father, build us up in our faith and love for you. So Lord, help me preach your word now. And Lord, I pray that your people's hearts will be ready and respond and be warmed by your word. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Two weeks ago, Eileen and I were in a car crash. We were driving home from our mum's uh, house, which is just down the road from where we live. And on the road home, there's a roundabout that we need to go around before coming into the estate where we live. So as we approached the roundabout, it was about half ten, eleven in the evening. The roads were quiet. I had a quick look when we came to the roundabout uh, to make sure there were no cars coming. There were none, so off I went. I pulled out to go round the roundabout, but just as I pulled out, out of nowhere came a car from my right-hand side going about 60 miles an hour. I only re- realised he was there when I heard his tyres screeching from him slamming on the brakes. And as I saw him coming towards us, I tried to go out the way, but he came too fast and it was too late for me to do anything about because it was so unexpected. And we crashed sometimes life can feel like that out of nowhere. Unexpected tragedies happen, disaster strikes, illnesses, trials, car crashes, bereavements and temptations everywhere you turn. The enemy pounces unexpectedly out of nowhere and surprises you. Well, we won't go through all of these things in our lives, but certainly some we will go through some in our lives at some point. And it will cause all sorts of distress and anxiety for us. Maybe that's exactly how you feel tonight. It's certainly how this psalmist felt. Maybe that's what you've been like. Maybe that's what it's been like for you in the last uh, week. Maybe you feel like you're at breaking point. Maybe you just can't see how you're going to continue and go on. You think your feet are about to slip. The enemy has got the better of you. Friends, when tragedy strikes, when illnesses come, when unexpected trials and temptations arise, when all these things happen and life is tough, where does our help come from? Well, be encouraged tonight, friends. This psalm tells us exactly where our help comes from. Psalm 121 is a song of ascent and is part of a section in the psalms called the Songs of Ascent, which start at Psalm 120 and finish at Psalm 121. 34. And basically these psalms point us to the journey of the pilgrims who year after year and from all over the place went on towards Jerusalem to keep the feast of the Lord. And just like these pilgrims who were on a journey, so we too are on a journey. Not heading towards Jerusalem as such, but heading towards the heavenly Jerusalem to enjoy an eternal feast with Christ. But this journey, just like ours, would have had all sorts of ups and downs, encouragements and discouragements, trials, threats, 
discomforts and surprises along the way. And so on their journey, they would sing these psalms and be reminded and reassured of the God whom their trust and faith were in. And what this psalm reminds us of and reassures us of tonight is that the Lord is our helper and keeper. We can, can, we can have confidence in God because of who he is. This psalm follows on from Psalm 120, not just numerically. Look at verse 1 of Psalm 120. It says, In my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me. The psalmist has been distressed because of the, the world of lying lips and deceitful tongues that he lives in. It's a hostile world which is against him and it's causing all sorts of anxiety, sorrow and pain for him. And in his distress he cries out to God to deliver him. And what we have here in Psalm 120 is the answer to that distress call. He says, I called to the Lord and he answered. Friends, what a great reminder for us this evening. The Lord answers our prayers. It might not always be the way we'd like them to be answered. There probably won't be a bolt of lightning out of the sky that zaps all our distresses and discomforts away. But knowing that the Lord hears every distressed cry from our lips and sees every tearful prayer that we say. He hears every one of them. Isn't that a great reassurance and reminder for us tonight? The Lord answers our prayers because quite often we think our prayers are just hitting off off the roof and coming back to us. Or that the Lord just isn't interested in in our prayers. Well friends, here's the reminder that he is. So when you're sitting praying tonight or tomorrow or the rest of the week, remember the Lord hears and answers your prayers. This psalm is an answer to a prayer, but not an answer that gets him out of his distress and discomfort, but an answer which will sustain him through it. It's an answer which doesn't take him out of this world where hostility and where distress and unexpected trials and tragedies occur. It's an answer that will give him perseverance and strength to keep going through it. The psalmist has realised an amazing truth, an amazing sustaining truth, and friends, this is what I want us to see and be reminded of tonight. The psalmist got an answer, and it was a reminder of who God is. So let's look at the psalm together then. The psalm divides into two sections, from verses 1 to 4, and the second section is from verses 5 to 8. In the first section from verses 1 to 4, we see the psalmist could be sure and confident of his help from the Lord because the Lord is creator and sustainer. As the psalmist went on his journey towards Jerusalem, he knew of the dangers that he could could face throughout the journey. He knew of the pagan nations around Jerusalem who could strike at any moment. He was passing through dangerous and hazardous territory through wild and unknown lands where threats were always possible from anyone and anything. And the big question he asks, and it's a big question for us tonight, where does my help come from? Now we don't actually know why the psalmist looks to the hills in verse 1, but I think I agree with a few people here, that the hills were one place where the pagan nations worshipped the false gods, and it was a place where they, they looked for help. In 1 Kings 18, for example, Mount Carmel is where Elijah met the Baal worshippers and prophets. 
So as the, as the psalmist looked to the hills, as he passed by in his journey, maybe he thought of what these pagan nations were doing. They were worshipping. They worshipped and called upon their gods and they looked to the hills for help. But as the psalmist looked to the hills and as he thought about where the pagan nations looked for help, he realised and was reminded of a great truth. He was reminded of where his help came from. Look at verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The pagan nations around him looked to the creation and created things for help, while the psalmist looked to the creator and was sure of his help. The same kind of things happen today. People worship created things rather than the creator himself. We look to all sorts of stuff to find satisfaction and help. And at times in our own lives, if we're honest, we do exact same things too. Instead of looking to God for a help, we turn to stuff. It's amazing how hopeless and helpless we can feel when we don't have a car because it's a way getting repaired. And we're struggling to get anywhere, even work. Or when our mobile is broken, we can't phone anyone or text anyone or go on Facebook. It's like the end of the world has happened for us. And we, we think, well, how, how can I go on? I can't cope without this. Friends, why do we look elsewhere for our security and help when the Lord is our help? Our eyes should be firmly fixed on him, the creator, just like this psalmist here. God spoke and, the cre- and created the whole u- the universe, including the hills into being. The psalmist knows that his help is sure and certain because his God is a living creator God who made heaven and earth and if he can do that then he can be sure that he can help with whatever happens in his life and keep him through throughout his journey and God being the creator also means he is the sustainer moment by moment he upholds the universe the world is turning at this very moment because God says it's to turn and your heart is beating at this very moment because God says it's to beat, and if he says it's to stop, it will stop. He also controls all things and directs all things to their appointed end. Nothing in this creation is out with God's hands. He is always in full detailed control. Nothing is left to chance, and nothing falls out of his care and attention. And friends, not even the tiny details of your lives are missed by God. Whatever happens in our lives, happens within his world, within his purposes and under his rule and care. The creator who made us sustains what he made. Notice that the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord. The Lord here is in capital letters and what that tells us is that the psalmist is talking about Yahweh here, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the covenant God of Israel, the God who chose a particular people for himself, the God of promises and of grace. The creator who is also Lord reminds us that God, God's not just up there, he is also down here and he is intimately involved in his creation. Just as he had a particular people then, Israel, so he's a particular people now. The church of Jesus Christ has elect both you and me. And notice what the psalmist says in verse 3 about this Lord he will not let your, let your foot be moved. The Christian path at times 
feels like a slippery road. It can feel like a tightrope at times as well. The next step you're going to take can make you feel like this is it. If I slip here, I've had it. It's all over for me. And maybe you even feel like you've already slipped. Someone said, we all experience the slipping foot of Psalm 73, but we know that it is at the same time true that he will not let your foot slip ultimately. He goes on to say, Christian people experience all sorts of pressure, persecutions, trials, torture and death, but it remains true, nevertheless, that even the very hairs on your head are numbered and not a hair on your head will perish. Friends, we can have this confidence because the Lord will keep us. Keep us. He who kept Israel, even though at times they were a wayward and a grumbling people, just like we can be today. The Lord kept his covenant with them and kept his promises that I will be their God and they will be my people. Just like the Lord sustained Israel through the wilderness journey, so the Lord sustains us through our journey and our pilgrimage. The Lord knows every step you take and will take. And he will keep you and sustain you. He watches over you at all times. And how do we know this? Because he who keeps you will not slumber. He will not slumber nor sleep. What a stark contrast with the Lord, the creator to the pagan nations around this psalmist who looked to dead gods in the hills for help. This is what Elijah proved to the Baal worshippers in 1 Kings 18 when he sarcastically mocked them and said, Cry louder, for he is a god. Either he is musing or relieving himself or on a journey or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. Friends, the creator God, the Lord whom our trust and faith is in, never slumbers or sleeps. He hears our distress cries in the middle of the night and answers he watches over every step and will not let our feet slip from the path. He will keep you and sustain you. And as I was looking at these verses, I was reminded of uh, the words of someone, someone else's words. These words are similar to the words of the one whom all things were created for and through whom all things were created by, our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 17 he said, I have kept them and I have guarded them and not one of them has been lost. Who is it that sustains you as a believer tonight, friends? Well, it's the creator, the Lord himself, isn't it? It's not the hills we look to for our help and it's not to a dead God, but it's a living Lord, creator and sustainer that our help comes from. Secondly, from verses 5 to 8, we can see the Lord as our guardian. As well as the Lord sustaining us through all of life's ups and downs and twists and turns and unexpected trials and tragedies, our help comes from the Lord because he guards us. As the psalmist went on his journey towards Jerusalem, his path would have had all sorts of dangers along the way. And again in verse 5, the psalmist tells us the Lord is our keeper. Six times in this psalm we are told that the Lord keeps or that he is our keeper. And I don't think you can hear that too often, can you? It's a great reminder for us and a great encouragement for us tonight. The Lord is our keeper. 
And what the psalmist goes on to tell us and shows is that the Lord is our guardian throughout our journey as Christians in this world. Now, throughout the last couple of weeks, I've been on and off the phone to to my insurance about this crash I was in. And because my car's been away getting repaired, I've been trying to get a higher car, but it's been an absolute nightmare for me because my insurance policy hasn't got on it that I'm due a courtesy car. Now, unlike my car insurance cover that doesn't cover me for everything that happens to me, the cover that the Lord provides for his people does. Look at the second half of verse 5. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The Lord covers his people. He's a shade for them in the midst of scorching heat. I'm feeling the heat tonight. Just as the psalmist says in verse 6, the Lord puts his shadow over his people and provides shade for them. Or in the words of Peter, the fiery trials that we experience and go through, the Lord guards us with his shade. Or when we are in the fiery furnace of affliction and trial, the Lord is with us. Now verse 6 is a bit of a strange sentence, is it not? Does it mean if we sit out in the beautiful weather we've been getting over the last week in the scorching sun longer than we should and we don't put suntan lotion on, then we won't get sunstroke? Is that what verse 6 promises? Well, of course it doesn't. But again, in in the psalmist days, just like the hills were looked to for help, so the sun and the moon were worshipped and feared. The sun, because it could, could strike you down with sunstroke, And the fear that people had of the moon was lunacy, that it could make you mad. So people worshipped and feared these two created things. They were worshipped as powerful forces and today they're still worshipped in certain parts of the world. Even in Scotland, in Coat Bridge, this kind of stuff goes on. All you have to do is go and buy a newspaper. And inside there will be a section in it about horoscopes which tells you what the stars are telling you today. And how they are guiding your life. And people believe this and they look up their daily horoscope for encouragement. And turn to the stars for their help. I actually looked up a few online and it's shocking the nonsense and superstition that people believe. Listen to this. Though the start of the week could see turbulence on many fronts. By the the time the sun moves into another of the fire signs Leo where it aligns with Jupiter on the 24th, the air should be considerably clearer. True, the new moon isn't until the weekend, yet even so you may sense that developments are of the positive kind. It's even possible that there will be something to celebrate. I don't actually have a clue what that is going on about. It's crazy, isn't it though? That people look to the stars and to the sun, uh, the sun and the moon for their help. Friends, why look to the stars when you can look to the one who placed the stars in their place? Why look to them for help when you can look to the one who created them and who holds them in his hands? Listen to the words, uh, listen to the words of the Lord in Isaiah 40. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts, one by one. 
and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. It takes us back to verse 2 in the psalm to the creator, the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord guards us from the dangers of the day and of the night. The Lord stands with us moment by moment, day by day and night by night and offers himself for us as our all-sufficient shield. And notice that this garden or keeping that the Lord gives covers all bases in life. Look at verse 7. The psalmist says, The Lord will keep you from evil. He will keep your life. Now, does this mean we'll go to heaven in ease and on a bed of roses? Well, of course it doesn't. It means that throughout all of life's trials and tragedies, temptations and dark valleys that come our way, we can face them not without tears and pain and distress, but with the great assurance that the Lord will keep us. He will keep my life. Psalmist says he will even keep us from all evil, including Satan. Listen to these words from Spurgeon, they're brilliant. Satan is not allowed to keep the key to his own house, for the keys of death and hell hang in the golden belt of Christ, and without God's permission, the dog of hell cannot even open his mouth to bark at a child of God, much less can he come and worry any of the sheep whom the Lord has called by his grace into his fold. So then, beloved, you have great cause for comfort. I wonder, have you ever thought, and maybe someone here tonight is sitting thinking this, will I make it? Will I make it to the end? Will I keep going and persevering and keep trusting in the Lord till my time is up? What if something massive happens that shakes me, that shakes me to the core, that shakes my life like it's never before? Will I keep going? Every time I've thought that, I've had a moment of absolute and utter despair and panic because I'm thinking about how I will keep myself going, how I will keep my life. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because I'm thinking how I will do it. But here we have the great reassuring promise and reassuring promise and reminder that the Lord will keep your life. And the psalm ends with the words that couldn't be any more comforting for us to hear tonight. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Friends, the Lord has promised to keep us and guard our lives, not just right now at this very moment, but from now and into eternity. The coming and going of trials and tragedies in our lives are all overridden by the loving caring, keeping hand of the Lord and we can trust him to keep us not in a bed of ease but through thick and thin until that day we meet him face to face let me finish here with the words of Isaiah why do you say O Jacob and speak O Israel my way is hidden from the Lord and my right hand disregarded by my God have you not known have you not heard The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not faint. Friends, where does our help come from tonight? It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your loving care upon our lives. Father, we thank you that you are a shade for us in the midst of all the various trials and things we go through in our lives. Father, you are with us and always with us. And Father, you keep us. So Lord, I pray that this would be ringing in our minds and hearts this week. Lord, as the various things and hardships that come into our lives, Lord, I pray that we don't look to this creation or created things for help. But Father, I pray that we look to you, the creator and sustainer in our garden. Father, we pray this for the glory of Jesus, our Saviour, our King and our Lord, your Son. Amen. We're just going to finish our service tonight by singing Psalm 20.
God keep you and sustain you from now and forevermore. Amen.